Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Powerless, the sitcom set within the world of the DC Universe. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, um, 2017, uh, 2016, 2017 is when this show uh, was released. I was working in the comic book store at the time, and I remember the announcement of we're going to do a half-hour comedy series sitcom uh, in the DC universe, not focusing on pre-established characters or characters with powers. And I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. Like, as a comic reader, I have always had a soft spot for, like, B-list and D-list characters. Um, I always like to think about, especially on terms of villains, uh, the incredible Nick Spencer run on Superior Foes of Spider-Man comes to mind. But anytime it focuses on someone like a joke, like Booster Gold or um, some other downtrodden guy, I was shocked that they weren't leaning that way when this show was announced. But it would... I, it would be interesting to see what what cooler people at, at a normal work job talk about if you live in a world like that. And this was their attempt at it. Um, what was your thought when they first announced this? My uh, Well, my first thought, I just assumed it was going to be animated. The idea of it being live action, I'm like, wow, that's that's interesting. And, yeah, I liked the idea of it. I mean, and the, the network in the U.S., where it was airing, NBC, like famous for comedy, Saturday Night Live. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is, you know, it, it sounds interesting. Looking at the cast, Daniel Pudi, I think this is the first like, TV comedy done since Community had ended, Ron Funches. So there was Alan Tudyk, good cast, Um yeah, it's it sounded interesting, but again, like when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, is this animated? But no, it's a live action sitcom set within the, the DC universe. Now you put me onto this. I didn't realize that you could watch the unaired pilot. And I watched that this afternoon. It's available on YouTube, and it is very different. It's very, it's a very completely different. different series. Well, it from, like, that the, and pilot yeah. from the first episode, although they use pieces of that pilot for the actual episode one. Some of the same footage, a lot of the same cast, but playing either different characters or playing them differently. The original pilot had the cast working at a life insurance company covering superhero-related deaths. After it was picked up to series, it was changed to a Wayne Core. Uh, subsidiary focused on creating products that prevent innocent bystanders from being hurt. It's a very different thing. It's like Alan Tudyk is still in it, but he's not playing Van Wayne. A lot of humor came out of that, of him just wanting approval of his cooler cousin. Although I found it a little bit odd, you know, whenever they do this, because the whole thing about Bruce Wayne Batman is the fact that, you know, he, all he has is Alfred, is Butler. He has no family. But then when it's like, hey, he's got an uncle, he's got a cousin, and he's got like all these 
other family members. But for the sake of this show, though, it it did work. And Alan Tudyk, like, what a what a get for this show. So outside of that unaired pilot, it looked like it was shaping up to be a good show. And I was watching it back. What did we say? 2017 is yeah. when or 2016, but thereabouts when it first aired. And I was enjoying it week to week. But then it was announced, cancelled. And there was three unaired episodes. And it was around about the time that Adam West passed away. He did the narration in the pilot. And then you see him as a character in the finale. So after he had passed, they finally aired those final three episodes, but that's all it was, just 12 episodes. Yeah, and it, I remember I was, like you, I was watching it as it came out and was enjoying it. Um, I was curious, I'm like, oh, what, what could they do with this? It's in such a strange spot um, that it, and it, that it, it felt like an experiment, but it, like any show, as the first season goes on, you could feel the chemistry between the cast members improve. You could feel the understanding of what, where the potential of the show was as they started to like focus in and like nail that down. Uh, you're starting to get progression of the characters relationships. Um, yeah. And then it just gets pulled out. And all I could think was, especially now watching all in bulk, I feel like you p- were putting out other shows at the time that were of lower quality than this, <laughs> and you gave them multiple seasons. Whereas this, like, I, I, I still aren't quite sure why they decided to give this one the yank. Yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because I mean, we've both now watched it twice, start to finish, back when it aired, and then again for this review, and. And it works. It does work. And then, you know, some of the other shows that they were making around about the time, they're not looking to see if they got it right or not in one season. They're giving it another season and another. Whereas this one showed promise. And it's, it's generally funny. They've got a really, really good cast. And it's there's so much of that is you know with a sitcom you need to like the characters you need to want to spend time with them each week, and I I was getting that from this show like it looks good and some of the you do see some superhero battles kind of in the distance and they've got reoccurring characters and for a half hour live action sitcom the effects look good enough. And there's some effects that look better than others, but it looked, for the most part, like a you know it's a good looking show. But yeah, it's yeah. it is surprising why it it didn't work. I mean, the, the fact that they made it in the first place that's why it's surprising that they didn't give it more of a chance. The idea of it it still surprises me. Like again, just thinking it was going to be animated because it's such an odd thing for them to have tried but then to give up so early. Yeah, and especially, um, I mean, the cast, Danny Pudi has just gone on strength to strength from the DuckTales voice work and other animated voice work to um, Mythic Quest and all the other things I've seen him as in, being in since. Um, 
Helen Tudyk, who is one of both of ours, like a, a gem that continues to be underutilized to this day. Um, Vanessa Hudgens is just, she's got to be one of the most likable actresses in Hollywood. Like watching Absolutely. her again, I'm just like, wow, she's, she's so charming. You just can't help, but like, yeah, you like, I'll, I'll watch you do more stuff. Like, especially a coffee, like a, like a water cooler type, like, oh, how is she like interacting with these people? And, you know, they all have, you know, she's the outgoing one and she's the one trying to drag everyone together and all that sort of stuff. She's the upbeat one. Very Kimmy Schmidt in that way. Yeah. These people are very comfortable in their uh, little corners, but after interacting with her, I realized it's actually a little bit better if I, just go along with her and do these other things. My life's improved with her. Well, that's it. She reluctantly brings them together. I mean, they do that bottle episode, don't they? Where there's the gas outside. So they can't leave. The whole thing is that they were going to go away together. It's group activity, but they're stuck together, which is saves cost when making a show like this. Uh, But it it worked because of the cast. And the writing, yeah. you didn't need to go outside. You could just stay inside with these characters. But you're right about Hudgens. She's really good in this, her character. She loves her job. She loves helping people. In that unaired pilot, not as likable. No. They definitely had to play it differently. But the points are difference as well, because you're right, they do reuse some of the same scenes, more so some of the, the super feats or the the casualties due to the superhero battles that things landing on people like rubble but it's interesting yeah. that see, in the actual show that for in the pilot her dad who works in the florist it's jimmy olsen mark mcclaw from the christopher reeve superman films and i completely yeah. missed that when i first watched it years ago but this time i'm like ah oh, that's who it is but if you watch the unaired pilot He's no longer a florist, and he's her boss at the insurance yeah. company. So, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it was interesting seeing seeing the differences. Yeah, um, but yeah, and that's I find that with all these cast members, especially Ron Functions, who's now, of course, uh, King Shark in Harley Quinn. That's right. Like he's still working for DC, and he's yep. still doing uh, great stuff. I'm pretty sure Alan Tudyk, he's in there as well, isn't he? Isn't he the Joker or he's somebody? He's the Joker, yeah. That's right. So he's in there. And he was also Mr. Nobody in season one of Doom Patrol. And he was also, yeah. I'm pretty sure, he's voiced Superman. I think it was in Justice League War. And then they went for Jerry O'Connell in the following movies. But I'm pretty sure Tudyk was Superman there. But yeah, he's done a lot of work with DC, but he's great. He instantly makes everything better. I was watching this by myself, but then there's a couple of episodes where my wife came in and she sat and watched a little bit of it. And whenever he was doing or saying anything, she was laughing. Like, so I just feel yeah. like he's, he's got that appeal. Like she's not interested in all the DC references that I was enjoying and a lot of the yeah. other humor. Whereas Alan Tudyk, he just has that wide appeal and he's generally funny and he works as van wayne or his full name <laughs> van der veer van wayne which is 
such a great name. But honestly, I thought he was a, a new character. Not the case at all. His character, or at least character with that name, first originated in the comics, 1962. Oh, and it wow. was in... Batman Volume 1, Issue 148. So it was established back in the 60s that Bruce Wayne did have a cousin, and it was Van Wayne. And I guess yeah. they played a bit free and loose and let Tudyk do his thing, but he's great. He's great in the show. But all the cast are. All the cast yeah. are great. But before we get on to the rest of the cast, though, let's go right back to the beginning. The opening tiles. The opening tiles are fantastic. The theme's great. It comes in with that epic, like, superhero scores. You see, like, as it opens with, like, Superman from Action Comics number one with a car, and then it turns more into that, like, lackadaisical, like, uh, like comedy beat as it zooms into the background, and there's just a nobody character in the background that's representative of who the cast is. I'm like... Every I never skip the titles. No, 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 never. I have I like to watch it, it every works. time. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's great. And that's why when we're watching the unaired pilot and there's two cast members that you don't normally get, it's oh, we've seen something else. We've seen another part of the the artwork, but it was interesting to see they were always going to do that. But yeah, that's excellent. You see like Green Lantern and some other comic covers. Yeah. Excellent. Every time you're right, it's the visuals, the music. This show's got two composers. I don't know exactly who does what. Jefferson Friedman, he is now the composer for the Harley Quinn animated series. And Craig Wedren, he's scored a host of popular films, including Role Models, School of Rock, Wet Hot, American Summer. So those guys are working together and composing the show. But yeah, that opening, it's one of my favorites. It it yeah. is yeah, it's so so cool. And not until doing this rewatch, I completely forgot because it's been so long since I'd watched it. So when I press play on episode one, I'm like, ah, that's right. That's uh that's really cool. Yeah, and I think the music from all of it see it comes to something hard. Because the only other than the friends theme song and uh like the over the top bass from Seinfeld, no music from a sitcom ever really stands out to me. Like, oh, maybe Frasier because the, the skating jazz of Kelsey Grammer, but that's it. Um, and they've they nailed it like right off the bat. Like, everything felt right. The music, the uh, they, I mean, they've got something truly unique to work with i mean i i'm a huge fan of venture brothers and that kind of weird look of the rules and regulations of heroes and villains and the bylaws that govern it all and the people who interact with these guys but that like you said that's an animated show and they've done that in a number of ways in animated shows for it to be live action and seeing like how does it translate and i really feel like there's there's something here, like that no one's no one's picking Absolutely. up. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there's a there's a writer who has done TV and stuff before who actually wrote a uh, a a two off issue run called like I think it's like uh like generic name like Mike 
agent of Hydra, um, not Hydra Bob from Deadpool, like just another guy. And the whole two issue comics are what's it like as just a regular hired goon in the life of someone who works for an eagle organization like Hydra? Um, and I'm yeah, this this isn't quite that because they're still like when you're in a super science especially a villainous like organization and you're just like, you know, Austin Powers had this idea back in the nineties. Like what happens if you're just a hired goon and like you get your head off by an evil mutated angry sea bass? <laughs> like what happens <laughs> to your family? Yeah. These are people who have family lives. So like, you know, I, like I just had a deal with this whole thing. And that was the idea of this comic. I feel like eventually they could have gotten their, with this, yeah. I mean, the final episode, you have that whole thing with LexCorp and like they, they're buying a subsidiary of Wayne Tech. And you're like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. It does. Of it does. They would. Uh, they've, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've dropped the ball by not making more of this. I mean, in that final episode, we've not talked about it yet, but you've got the character of Wendy, who's a pretty, you know, pretty kooky character played by Jenny Pearson. Well, they have that whole thing where she jumps into that portal or vortex, goes back in time, and then she comes back as a warrior. And it's because she wants to know how Game of Thrones ends. And actually on that, it happens with sitcoms because they reference current events. Yeah, That's something that often happens. So when you're watching it now, like back then it was fine. Because they were referencing things that we were watching, and granted, like you know, Game of Thrones, there's House of the Dragon, that's still going on. But when you've got like a gag about those Hobbit movies and they're referencing like other pop culture things, it does make it seem a bit dated. But that's okay because that's what all sitcoms do. Like Big Bang Theory, obviously they yeah. did, yeah. they did it a lot of the time. Yeah, but I also find that's somewhat charming when you go back and watch something because it is a time capsule of what people were actually referencing at the time. So only the big things make their way into a sitcom reference, really. Like, unless it's something's niche and super specific, like they're going to be talking about the big TV show or the big film or the big scandal that was happening at the time. Like, and that's, something I always find charming when I'm re-watching an old sitcom. Yeah, and like I said, that's the other side of it. But, I mean, yeah, on one hand, it does date you. On the other hand, yeah, it it, it does. Like, it's a, it's a moment in time, isn't it? But that last episode, though, we've got Christina Kirk as Jackie. Really like her in this. You need someone like her as Van's personal assistant who's able to stand up to him, not take any of his bullshit. outside of Emily... Everybody else caves to him just for a happier work life. And yeah. again, the Ronaid pilot didn't like her character there. They did a much better job with her here. But just like a throwaway thing, and it helps resolve what's happening in the episode. But this show ends, so that's it. You've got your just one season, one and done. Well, Jackie's now got superpowers. She's got super speed. She's tapping into the, the speed force, like the Flash. And yeah. That's it. No more episodes of Powerless. He's like, oh, well, potentially if we'd have got more, not that she'd have used it for, or to do heroic deeds, but it just adds an extra thing. Like, because for the most part, they are ordinary people, except for Ron, who just happens to be Atlantean. That's just a thing that's uh, established in the first (laughs) handful of episodes. It's like, oh, this is, um, yeah. 
this is fun. Ah, this is a this is a funny show. And that's what they were trying to do. So surely job done. Whether it's because yeah. it's Warner Brothers, DC Comics, but it was made for NBC, maybe if Warners were making it for it's I mean, I was gonna say it's too good for the CW. I I don't mean it like that, but this it feels like a more expensive show than if the CW were going to try and do. If the CW were making this back then, it would have been teenagers. Like it yeah. would. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It'd have been a different, different kind of thing. Yeah, I also feel like um, this is just feels, especially where we're recording now. This with a yet another large restructure of Warner Brothers. This is the sort of thing that they do all the time, where they have something, and it's something that they there's potential for that because of something happening higher up in the chain or elsewhere in the company like i think from memory this is around the time they started putting together their idea of uh a, a streaming service and their first attempt wasn't what we've got now which is it hbo go i think they were going with some other thing first because hbo was still hbo Right, and then they've all be, been rounded into HBO Go. I feel like that's what happened with this. Of they had licensed this out to a competitor, uh, NBC, and that was again. This is again. This one of those weird things of initially not doing things because and the way networks work, the way networks operate, there has to be instant success because they're getting killed by streaming platforms especially with npc and abc and all those old school networks in the us where yeah if this was a cw show or on hbo go or whatever platform you could i'll name not netflix right now but disney plus or paramount plus or amazon they take the shot in a second season of like will people find it will it get word of mouth will it get there and yeah this just feels like one of those corporate like reshuffle casualties yeah it's hard that, to know because i can't remember that, that can't sounds right I, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but and again it like leads together a, an american half-hour sitcom nbc seems like the perfect place to air it and it's what they were doing and and it didn't Ah, unfortunately, it didn't stick around. I mean, we'd have to go through all the episodes, but one in particular that I really like, episode 10, No Consequence Day. And we get to see Superman at Lois Lane's funeral, but it's not the best-looking Superman costume, and it's just from behind. But the whole thing is like, we know, or Ron's got that theory, that this is not the first time Lois Lane's died. She's died multiple times, and Superman, like in Superman the movie, Flies yeah. around the earth multiple times and turns back time. So it's like there's no consequences. We can do whatever we want because Superman's gonna turn back time. And there's so there's so many gags that come with it. Ah, it's it's a really it's a really good episode. Oh, actually, at the end of that episode, Van goes to Bruce's house and um, he's not a fan of books, but he knocks the books and, and he get, he gets lost. And then the end of the episode, he's like. Bruce Wayne is Batman. 
and then everything and then reverses. You can see in the background, Superman's like blurring past the window. Yeah, he keeps going past because it wasn't really Superman. It was a clone. <laughs> Lois Lane's yeah, fine. Um, or he goes back in yeah. time and saves her. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you had this, but it feels like the episode 11 and 12, the uh, titles of those got mixed up. I got read that it, Win Lose the Draw was episode 11. And episode 12 was Van of the Year. But when you watch those episodes, Van of the Year feels like what was episode 11, where he ta- he's getting like the key to the city. And episode 12 is where they're getting bought out by LexCorp. And I'm like, surely, surely that they got their titles wrapped Do you know the what? around. That's the order I watched it in as well. Because I'm just looking down at the, the episode list in my notes. And I've got Van of the Year as, as episode 12. But yeah, because we both watched it. The same place, the yeah. uh, Nine Now app. So in Australia, yeah. that's where it's um, it's streaming. So we've got to watch yeah. it there. But on and YouTube that, so and Apple, ah. it has this, this, the, the list for the episodes is the same. So I'm like, it, it's not, I don't think Nine have actually got it wrong. I think the episode titles actually got mixed up in the jumble somewhere. And right. because it got cancelled, no one bothered to like, Right, and just, yeah. it. that's interesting. But we're talking about the show ending with Jackie still having super speed, but that's if yeah. the Flash episode is is the last episode. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very strange. I did like episode four where Emily is dating a henchman. It's <laughs> major. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and yeah, that's like, <laughs> Yeah, but because they're like, yeah, 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 it's Charm City. Like a lot of guys, like this, and you know, they have the article five signs you're dating a henchman. Ah, see, yeah, and yeah. he's just he's like, yeah, I've worked with some bad guys, but I'm not a bad guy. Like it's like, but you tying them up and gonna follow your boss's advice, which he's working for the Riddler, so his advice, his order is in the way of a riddle. And he has <laughs> asked them. We couldn't figure out what the hell he was talking about. But this episode like, gives us an actual Batarang. Batman yeah. is present, but off camera. We get to see Alan Tudyk dress as Robin, the boy wonder, which is like, yeah. that's that's a gag in itself, just seeing him him look like that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, it is. It's a good one. Yeah, and they came up with, I'd say original characters, but one of them they named as Jack O'Lantern, and he was a Spider-Man villain in the 90s. Right, so. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't like him as a character, and and I guess it, it was a reoccurring joke. Like, how can we detect him? What can we do? Um, yeah, as a visual, they just having been reoccurring wasn't that interesting to me, to be honest. But we did get some superheroes. One, Green Fury. She looks just like Fire from the yeah. Justice League International. Well, that's the thing. She's got. Pyrokinesis, she's got flight, looks like fire, has the same abilities as fire. It's like, could they not just call call her fire? But no, instead she's Green Fury. She's a new superhero in Charm City, befriends Emily Locke. But yeah, I mean, why? Why not fire? And she mentions Justice League Europe. That has to be for the first time ever in live action. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, come yeah. on. Where They're else not even one of the top five Justice Leagues. 
I remember picking up issue one of Just League Europe and you had Aquaman, Gypsy, Nightwing, Flash, you know, so they oh Martian Manhunter. So they actually had like some big hitters on that team. But I remember that comic. So when the show does things like that, when there's some I mean, I'm gonna call that a deep cut because even like now modern audiences might not have heard or be familiar with Justice League Europe, but it was nice hearing them get get a shout out. And the other yeah. superhero we get reoccurring is oh, she's in the first episode, Crimson Fox. That's it, Crimson Fox. And yeah, but she gets promoted to like a proper city, and that's why it leaves a hole for Green Fury to come in. And even she makes a remark of like, I don't know why people keep calling me that. I didn't name myself that. Like, I get the green, but where's the fury come from? Like, it maybe it was going to be something that down the line should have actually been fire. Because um, we don't get an, a name of any kind from her because that would have tipped the hand, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, but the characters we do get. Oh, we also get. Um, oh, who is it? It's not. The Olympian. The Olympian. That's it. We get Olympian and then we get the commercial that they yeah. do together. Yeah, yeah, it's it does feel like the DC universe, doesn't it? Like for the most part, you know, we we've got these new characters, but I mean, even the opening with like Emily when we introduce to her character, and then from her kitchen outside, we can see Starro the Conqueror climbing a building. Yeah, and it's like oh, and it gets like popped a... by like some like we find out in a later episode. I think it's remarked that it's Green Lantern. <laughs> Right, but that was that was cool. So we, you know, we, we're seeing some cool villains in here outside of Jack O'Lantern, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I guess that gets us to our ratings. Um, you can go first. Where would you put this out of five? It's a it's a tricky one because I I really like this. I like it a lot, actually. Um, but at the same time, recognizing that it's not perfect. But then they only got to do a 12 episode season. I do think it's a show that could could have gone on strength to strength, at least got three seasons. They could have had something with this, but even the merits of the the first season. What makes it for me, and it's not just a sitcom set within the DC universe, it's the cast, the writing, and it's it's working for me more than it isn't. And for the most part, it's really working for me. So I'm actually, and because I'm disappointed that they didn't make more, I'm going to come in higher than I was going to, but I'm going to come in at a four out of five. And that's because not just the show we got, but how much potential it was showing. And unfortunately they didn't do anything else with it, but yeah, four out of five. What about you? I'm going to come in at the same, uh, for a lot of the same reasons. The fact that even on this second rewatch, um, I found myself very engaged. The jokes landed for me. The chemistry was brilliant. These are, this, this cast is, is full of people I like anyway, and they worked particularly well together. Um, and the, it, the, the hard part of recommendation is the fact that it, it should have gone longer and didn't have time to fulfill its potential. Um, but uh, that aside, it makes it a 
very easy. I got through it all in an afternoon because um, it is a half hour comedy show, very light, very watchable. It's something that you can sit down. You don't have to pay attention to because consequences don't roll over from episode to episode. And it's what you want out of a half hour comedy. You want to enjoy the characters. You want to be able to like tune in and out. If you were to miss an episode, I don't think it would be the end of the world. Cause again, there's nothing like game changing happening in one or the other. Yeah. It just feels like a missed opportunity for me. Yeah. And it's, it's been too many years now. They're never going to do anything else with it. So it's, it's a one and done and it's definitely a show in a year or so, or how many years later, I'll watch it again. It is a show yeah. that you can just come back to. And again, it's the cast, the writing. It's a good-looking show. And the title, Powerless. It's a good yeah. title. I do like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it for our episode all about Powerless. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.